live. It's Friday, October 26th. Ham and eggs in the house. Steve, JJ, Austin. We're getting ready to call our friend, Coach. I don't know if I'm going to go to... Yellow. Sir, how are you? Welcome to Ham and Egg. Good, buddy. Happy to have you in studio. Well, sort of. Well, I just... I'm uh, flattered. Thank you. Uh, We're excited. Uh, Steve, what do you got? Steve's smoking a... Mm. You know what? Uh, Excuse me if we were in the middle of something there. Uh, (laughs) Um... Well, let's start off like we normally do. I don't know what the temperature is. Uh, what city in South Carolina are you, sir? I'm in North Carolina. You're in North Carolina. Where in North Carolina? I'm in Wilmington. Okay. On the ocean. Do you live in Wilmington? I do. Okay. What's the temperature like there today? Well, it's rainy and all day long. Hurricane season, right? Uh, yeah. It's we'll get into just... that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, well, yeah. today here, just to make you a little homesick, it's huh? 70 degrees uh, and beautiful here. So yeah. We always like yeah, to start just, our podcast I off. To, uh, I talked to Chris Page out at the airport. I needed some information that I'm going to tell a story about you and me and you, Lipkin. Oh, no. <laughs> I figured a couple would come up. <laughs> this is awesome. Already. Uh, okay, so the, the reason we wanted to have you on, the, the immediate connection, is that you used to be sort of a regular due to the friendship that you had with Steve uh, at right. Stubbs, or is that where the friendship was born? Friendship was born there, but the, I want to I want to backtrack a little bit. We'll, we'll get to the, that chronological part, uh, but yes, we do know we do know Coach and or Tom from um, becoming a regular at Stubbs, and then yes, he and I became friends. Okay. Um, but uh, and first of all, thank you again for joining us. Uh, this is going to be fun. Um, let it loose. Uh, hold no bars, so to speak. Bar no holds. Whatever you want to do. Okay. So where'd, you, where'd you grow up, Coach? I grew up in Stockton, California. What? what I was what? I was born in Santa Monica, but uh, my brother was born in or in uh, two years later in uh, Fresno, and then my sister in Sacramento. Okay. Okay. What what year like what, when was your heyday like uh, what years were your childhood in Stockton? Uh, second grade all the way through college, I uh, stayed at home and went to University of the Pacific, played golf there, and matriculated in 1980. Love it, love their use of matriculation yeah. too. But so let's let's back up a little bit. You um you played golf and baseball in in high school. What else do you play? I played basketball freshman sophomore year, and I ran cross country. Believe it or not, <laughs> sorry, sophomore year. you didn't run. <laughs> Are you trying to fool, coach? No, we're going to start off lying to each I other here. Let's. <laughs> no, I did. So I uh, pitched baseball uh, freshman sophomore junior year. We had a coaching change, and then I um, I was the best golfer in the high school, but I. I, uh, baseball was all, always my passion. So I, I was going to ask you that. Um, I, I know you went to uh, Pacific. You went there on a golf scholarship, correct? Yes, sir. Which is amazing. I mean, the good D one golf scholarship. That what I, was your I, what was your handicap in like high school, college, as you made that transition? Do you remember? Um, uh, you know, I think my stroke average in high school was a little bit over thirty six. So if you doubled that up, I was probably a my index would probably be a one, one yeah. and a half. Okay. Were you heavily recruited um, for golf? No. I, uh, frankly, I played one year of high school golf, and nobody took a chance at me. So I went to junior college one year up in Columbia, California. 
I was a proud member of the Columbia Claim Jumpers. Love it. Claim Jumpers. Nice. Yeah, so uh, the number two golfer at Lincoln High School and I went up there. They had just started a golf program. My high school coach, Bill Davis, great friend, Hoot Gibson, had us up there at Columbia, and we pretty much uh, started the golf program there at Columbia. Um, and Nick, Nick Fackless was the, or is the, um, uh, the nephew of Alex Spanos, the oh. owner of the Chargers. So we did, we oh, had wow. a great year up there. It was just, uh, God, we lived in Jamestown, California on chicken ranch road in a trailer <laughs> on four acres. You, That's you, awesome. you just can't make this up. And it was just, we played at a nine hole golf course called phoenix lake it was the biggest goat ranch i'd ever said <laughs> but it taught you how to play golf you yeah. had to work the ball left to right right to left you never belly ached about the lies and it just it really kind of helped me throughout my years of competitive golf love it so um big west golf back then was it pretty competitive golf I was PC2A. Oh, oh, that's right. You were PC2A. So they yes. didn't go to Big West till a few years was, later, right? <laughs> I love that. Hey, it was very competitive. Um, I had a good junior year and was all conference with uh, Marco Mira. He yeah. played oh, at yeah. Long Beach, as uh, you well know. Absolutely. Uh, Mark Weeby was at uh, San Jose State. Uh, Lenny Clements was down yeah. at San Diego State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we we stayed out west all the time, but we didn't have to. We didn't have to go anywhere. Arizona State was awesome. Stanford was incredible, and BYU was sick. <laughs> yeah, I used to finish my rounds and go out and watch Bobby Clampett play golf. Oh, Bobby Clampett, the next Johnny Miller, right? Oh my God, <laughs> I I saw him hit a a wood driver off the deck on number 13 at Passy Tiempo, and it, it was a head shaker. <laughs> I love it. Un- unbelievable. So yeah. who, who's the best ball striker you've ever played with? That I've ever played with. Yeah. I know you've played with some, I've got, I know you've had some rounds, so I'm just, just... <laughs> uh... best overall golfer. I, my greatest ball. Well, it has to. I played with Phil, and yeah. when I coached him, um, after the round, he put his arm over my shoulder and says, "Coach, you've got the tempo of a hummingbird." So my, <laughs> that, you know, I, I, I swing it kind of fast, but uh, you hit it hard. I've played enough rounds with you. You yeah. strike the ball. You, you kill the ball <laughs> when you're on your. Well, game. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I don't. I want to jump to. I don't want to jump right ahead to the Phil story because there's a lot of. I'm sure no, you have no, Phil yeah, stories yeah. to share. Uh, uh, so you're you're through college, um, and you come out and and what the fuck are you gonna do for a living? You, what degree did you come out with? My dad was was incredible, and um, he backed me whatever I wanted to do, and he was a great sports fan, and. Um, so proud of me but he told me during winter break you should find a job now not when you graduate <laughs> i've had that talk that's a heart to yeah. heart <laughs> so i <laughs> i went to the local golf pro at swenson park in stockton 
Ernie George, and I walked in Ernie's office, and I said, Ernie, I think I want to turn pro after college and see the world. He says, I think I can help you do that. He says, uh, where are you thinking about going to see the world? I said, I'm thinking I'm going to go all the way to Santa Barbara, California. It's <laughs> oh, a good start. A good Boy, you are really flexing those wings. <laughs> so uh, he, says, what, what, well, he says, what about Chicago? And I said, uh, okay. So while I was at Pacific, we went down on winter break down to um, Palm Springs. I met a pro there from Peoria, Illinois. He hired me, and I was his assistant. So I had a job in hand when I graduated in May 1980. Love it. Five days later, I was in Peoria, Illinois, as a golf professional at the Country Club of Peoria. Yeah. But what two great athletes of recently have come from Peoria, Illinois? Mm. Richard Pryor. He's not an athlete. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you talking about Terrell? I, there's a boxer, isn't there? Nah, Jim Tomey. And Andre Iguodala. Oh, no, excuse me, not Andre, but uh, Sean Livingston. I'll be damned. Sean Livingston. Yep. Yep. I just called on a bar there recently where he coached Sean Livingston and he's. Oh, he told you the story. Oh, Oh, God. So I had to hear the whole thing. But um, yes, there's your quiz for today, which we'll get into that. That's how we actually uh, kind of bonded the first time I met this (laughs) this gentleman. We'll get there. Um, So I'm at I'm at the Country Club of Peoria and. uh, I, I, I fiddled around with a little tennis. You know, I go by, uh, my name was Bjorn Brill. Oh, so I, I was uh, a Bjorn guy, too. I got a Donny midsize <laughs> still, dude. Yeah, I love that. So I had the long hair, and I, I had some members, and they had a very attractive daughter, and they needed a fourth player. So I partnered up with her. Yeah. And we played the mixed doubles, and we played a couple sets, and we get done, and they left, and there was one guy hitting serves all by himself. And I went over and I said, uh, can I hit with you? And he says, absolutely. And he's the uh, head coach of Bradley University basketball. I know who and that is. he had is. really funny hair. He had an afro. Oh, what the fuck's his name, dude? <laughs> I can picture him right Dick, now. Dick, Dick something. Versace. Dick Versace. God, yeah. Oh. The Bradley Braves, right? fast friends because of my ties at the University of the Pacific and being a ball boy there and working for Stan Morrison. He, we just, we sat down and we had some lemonade and it was just awesome. So we would meet once a week, probably on Monday night and um, hit the tennis ball and talk basketball after it was just, it was awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. That is awesome. So, okay. You're bumping around now. You bumped around as a club pro for how many years? Uh, Peoria winter came all the winter guys that worked in Chicago went to Palm Springs, but I wanted to, that was like going home for me. So I had some members there in Peoria that went to Florida and they wrote a letter for me and I got hired sight unseen. And I drove down to Tarpon Springs, Florida and worked at Innisbrook. And, um, that was surreal. 63 holes of golf, and it was on back in 1980 to 83. We played so many rounds of golf. I worked six days a week, 
I was making $4.25 an hour. I was living with six other guys in a house, appropriately named on Gross Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only Yankee in the house. And it, no, that's not true. I was the only guy west of the Mississippi in the house. I had two guys from Holyoke, Mass, uh, a guy from Cleveland, Tennessee, that I actually Ooh. needed an interpreter. <laughs> it was just absolutely crazy. Great time, though, right? Like, I mean, Great time. As good as it gets. Like, when you look back at those times of being as poor as you ever were, right? As yep. poor as you ever were. Uh, and as happy as I ever was. So we did skip something when you were growing up that we usually asked, too, a couple times. Um, did you grow up? You grew up in a house or an apartment? Uh, house. House. Okay. From a fully functional, like, family family and the whole thing, right? Creek, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Brother, you, sister, mom, dad. Yeah. You grew up dog. in the heyday. Yeah, very unusual to this uh, to this broadcast. Yeah. So um, did you ever have well, to wear ha hand-me-downs? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, my, uh, my sister and I were the same size. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Uh, okay, um, I, I digress, but we did forget to ask you that, and, and that's our fault. So you're All bumping right. around, you're playing, and um, I know you've got stories from Innsbruck. So on the on the overall in your life, are you on the plus side or minus side of all your golf bets? Oh, definitely plus. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, you say that yeah. with confidence. Yeah, that's not the degenerate I knew at my bar. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, as, as I've learned through the ages, the bet is one on the first tee. <laughs> and there's not a bigger bullshit around than me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would have, uh, a, you know, my gimpy ankle, my bad elbow, <laughs> you know. And okay. then, you know, shoot 68 and... Uh, so true. Hey, it man. is. This you look, you look is, up sandbagger. You look up, yeah. Just like our audience has an immediate picture of who you are, Coach. I love it. <laughs> so, what got you into um, coaching? Oh gosh, uh, nineteen eighty-seven. I'm running a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> Wait, back me? up. What? Back up. Okay, so let's start there. What was your oddest job? <laughs> and if it beats that, I can't wait. Uh, wait, were they? Maybe you were in it, and they were telling you you were yeah. running it. <laughs> Did you ever check the paperwork? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it was weird because I sometimes confuse my staff with the patients, and that was pretty embarrassing. Uh. But. Uh, now, in 1987, I got hired by Crestwood Hospitals, and I was the assistant administrator for a 192-bed locked psychiatric facility in Modesto. Oh, and, wow, um, that's a double strike. It was 210 employees, and I did everything the administrator didn't want to do. Oh, and yeah. so I, I had a lot of responsibilities, and um, it was uh, it was quite a learning experience. I mean – I learned to pay attention and have eyes in the back of my head because I took a, you know, a doweling from your closet that you hang your clothes on. Yeah. Well, one of the patients took that out one day and he hit me like Mark McGuire. Oh. I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty 
gruesome, but oh. uh, it was a, you know, it was a very interesting job. And, um, like in the face, uh, in the gut, like how did how did homie hit you? The back of the head, just oh. like the old fashioned. You're knocked oh, yeah. out, and you just went out. Yeah, like a oh, sack of potatoes, yeah. right? You're down. And then to see to see an individual in six point leather restraints. <laughs> I mean, I just watched the Exorcist. You know, shit. And I was like, <laughs> flashback. Holy. That looks like that dude that hit me with the bat. <laughs> so, Tom, the, the exorcist. That, that bed would raise off the ground. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. You've never seen power in a person like that. The physical rage in how you, and it's just, oh, God, yeah. help us. Ugh. Okay, so you still didn't explain. Why? Like that—that's you, you're a golf pro, and now all of a sudden, what happened? You're like, what? Like, who did you know? Like, did you get when, homesick? When, did did you just get like? How the hell? I lived in Stockton, so I was good. Oh, okay. But I mean, so um, yeah. It all goes back, and I have a lot of my mother in me. So, and gratefully, um, I always been the guy that goes thinks of life as a buffet line. I'm gonna have a. T- I'm gonna taste a little bit of everything. I'm not gonna have the steak and egg. I'm not gonna spend 35 years with a company. And and I just followed. I never had a game plan. And I just <laughs> followed my heart and just uh, lived out. You know. That's why I love you, dude. I that's was, awesome. I, that's one of the reasons we bond because I love that. That's, yeah. You just bounce. You do. You do what's right at the at the moment. You live in the now, right? You don't. Oh, yeah. You don't think about what the fuck's going to happen five years from now. You're living now, right? No. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just a, a choice that I've made in my life. And I've, as we progress this evening, you'll hear the um, serendipity of, of my life. So it's just been, it's been great. Like, I'm sitting there at my desk one day and the phone rings and my this guy who I met at Innisbrook, we were golf pros together, says, have you had enough of the nut house? <laughs> and I said, what do you got in mind? He says, well, I'm putting together this junior golf tour and I need you to be my West Coast guy because you know the West Coast. So I moved to Atlanta and went to work for the American Junior Golf Association. Because that's close to the West Coast. <laughs> well, I didn't. I I actually had a couch there for eighteen months. I didn't. I didn't stay there very often. I was running the tour. Although the from, Braves were in the west, the Western Division for how many years? Right? weren't the Braves yeah, and but, the Falcons? The Falcons were a Western Division NFC foe West, forever. Right. NFC West. Or, yeah. So yeah, maybe yeah, and the Braves. Yeah, that's what I mean. So maybe it makes yeah. sense. Okay, so you're running the West Coast. Yeah, so but I but I'd get you know I'd also go to Cape Cod and I'd go Oklahoma City and it was just unbelievable and a great organization uh, and they've all been Tiger Phil Duval Sink they've all been through that organization and I I was so happy to be doing that traveling and in golf and it was a lot of fun. And um, I'm in Las Vegas. It was uh, July 10th, 1990, my sister's birthday. 
And Steve Loy, the head coach of the national champion Arizona State Sun Devils, came up to me in Las Vegas at an AJGA event early one morning, and I'm hungover. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've got an hour's sleep. And he comes up to me, he goes, hey, I just got full funding for uh, my first full-time assistant coach at Arizona State, and I want you to be it. And I looked at him, and I said, you got to be kidding. And I drove off. <laughs> I, got, you know, I just let. So four hours later, he sees me. He says, did you think about it? I said, you're serious, aren't you? He goes, damn serious. Meet me at the Sahara tonight. So, we, so he recruits me. And... Uh, the next day when I called my buddy in Atlanta, I mean, geez, it was tough because I love this guy so much. I said, Stephen, I've accepted the assistance job at Arizona State. So that's how my coaching career got started. Love it. And so now you're at Arizona State, and I guess it's time to jump in. What's your best um, Phil story uh, as one of his coaches? Um. Did you ever see Phil Jackson yell at Michael Jordan? Yes. You did? I did. Well, like a stern talking to. They could talk to each other. They never yelled, though. Yeah. Did you ever see Bill Walsh, you know, get up in Joe Montana's face? Again, he's too young for that. But, no, I, uh, I would agree that he never was that approach. So we're at uh, – Middle of October, 1990, we're at the Dallas Athletic Club. It's a Monday, 36 holes in the Red River Classic. And Phil shoots 69 in the morning, shoots 35 on the front, and he's walking to the 10th tee, and he looks like a donkey. Why do you look donkey? Why do you yeah. look like a donkey? Coach? I mean, he just his head, his head's down, and he has oh, no Eeyore, emotion. A, a specific donkey, a uh, depressed it, donkey. Just a just a beat a beaten down donkey. And I go, I said, go up to him. I said, hey, what's up? What's going on? He says, I don't want to be out here. I said, what? What? What, what, what do you mean? He says, I can't get anything going. I said, you listen to me. You've got 10 kids, and these guys ranged in age from 12 to 15. Come out to watch the great Phil Mickelson play golf, and you got your head up your butt. Come on. Get your head out. Get your chin up. Let these kids into your life. There's no ropes out here on this, you know? Yeah. There's no. So get them into your life. Start, start talking to them. And we always had a little saying, hubba hubba. And I slapped him on the butt and I said, let's go. And he, he looks at me. He's not very happy with me. Nobody talks to Phil like this. So. But it worked. Yeah. He birdied 10 and he birdied 11 and he birdied 12 and he birdied 13 and he birdied 14 and he birdied 15 and he birdied 16. Huh? And he parred 17, 18, shot 29. Jesus. Wow. 64. Wow. 133. And he come off that 18th green, and shit, you thought he was the... The, the, the king. The music man. Yeah. I mean, he's throwing 
I mean, shit, these kids are like <laughs> carrying them off with their shoulders, you know? And uh, so that that night at dinner, he followed me into the restroom. And he I like said, Coach, yeah. you, you, don't have to do, you don't have to do that very often. But, boy, your timing was absolutely perfect. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. By not very often, did he mean never again? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my <laughs> That was my one time that I had just a little blow up with him. So uh, I couldn't uh, understand how anybody would, like, God, I don't want to be out here. You know, it was just a right. perfect day in Dallas, Texas. And, you know. So was he, he the best just, you ever coached in college or did you actually coach somebody that was better in college that couldn't quite figure it out later? Boy, I had a really, really good one uh, at Boise State. Really? You want a really eat? good one. OK, before it we get just, to Boise. OK, do it. Uh, but I want I want to I want a Tiger Woods story. Did, did you ever bump against him when you were coaching? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so so I want that Boise State story, but can you just get just give me a little tiger flavor? Um, God Almighty, uh, it's his last tournament, the NC Two A's, nineteen ninety six, at the Honors Course in Chattanooga, and the NC Two A schedules everything. From when you eat to when you sleep. I mean, you go to the NC2As in every moment. So we, it's a Tuesday. We had the last practice round tea time, University of Arizona. And we get done at dusk. And there's one guy on the range. And it's Tiger Woods. And he's hitting shots. And I walk by and I say, hey, how you doing, T? He says, what's up, Rillo? <laughs> you guys have I nicknames said, already? Huh? You guys have nicknames for each other? Oh, yeah. Oh. I said, well, I, you know, I recruited him. I knew him a little bit in the uh, AJGA. And I said to my my boy Sabatini, I said, Rory, grab your driver. Let me hit you. Let me see you hit a couple drives. <laughs> so Rory teased it up behind Tiger. And he absolutely sends these things into orbit. And I say, loud enough for everybody to hear, <laughs> I've never seen a kid hit it any further or any straighter <laughs> than you said. <laughs> Frickin' Tiger looks at me. He says, Coach, I'll bite. But if you, see, if you see Wally, Wally Goodwin, the head coach of Stanford, if you see Wally, you shut this shit down. <laughs> you got it, dude. Uh, show These me what you got. kids were teened up on pencils and absolutely flying the ball into the pine trees at the end of the range. They each hit about six or seven shots, sweat pouring off their face. <laughs> it's June. I mean, you, I've never laughed so hard in That's all my life. Amazing. So it was like... It would be like Muhammad Ali against Mike Tyson. I love it. So uh, is that where their hatred for each other started? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you inspire did that? You because, <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious now because didn't Rory and, and, and Tiger have some issue? Um, no, no, no. Sabatini never has a – and to this day doesn't have a filter. And just years ago, he said Tiger's beatable. 
That's enough to piss Tiger off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did I don't know if you guys saw when, you know, you saw Phil go, this will be the easiest $9 million I'll ever make, you know, for their Thanksgiving shootout. Yeah. And they uh, approached Tiger a few days later and asked him to respond to Phil's comment. And all, all Tiger said was, well, Vegas has me at minus 180. <laughs> <laughs> and he turned and walked away. He's speaking Phil language right there, too. <laughs> exactly. I love it. So, exactly. Uh, last question on those two. Who would you rather yeah. have a beer with? Well, not, neither, n- <laughs> neither of them drink. Jeez. Uh, Uh, you don't have to narrow it down to one either. We'll I'd accept say, the group I'd answer. Say, uh, I'd say Phil by a, by an eyelash. Okay, just because you got history yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a hell of a hell of a year with him. Okay, so um, you've done that. You go to BSU now, right? Your first head coaching gig, right? Yes. All right. Right. And that's what brought you to Boise. That's the only reason. Yes. Okay. All right. Love it. And this is when did you come to Boise to coach? Uh, it was like '97. Okay. '97. No, that makes sense. Okay. And so you're fired up. You take that gig. How long does that gig last? Uh, eight months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I say to myself? Shit. All the great ones have gotten fired. So. <laughs> yeah, I just, oh, I just didn't get along with the athletic director, and he fired me for insubordination. But uh, it was just that's just the way it goes. It's sad too because I had made great strides with the with the men's team. Yeah, and what I had done was taken the girls' team on a road trip, and I. I kind of yelled and screamed at them because they weren't performing to their and didn't care. So, but that's not why you got canned. What the hell did you do to Gino, dude? (laughs) 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 How'd you you piss that guy? How'd you piss that guy off so bad? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I, I actually never thought that dude had a heartbeat, but. But he did. <laughs> so that's right. just the way that happens. But I had a great time with those kids, and, and my number one player was freaking incredible. And yeah. we go to – oh, my gosh. My first trip with them, we go to Wyoming. And uh, it's a golf course, JJ, that has six par threes, six par fours, and six par fives. <laughs> It's, it's, it, but it was a lot of fun and my first my first time out with the kids and um oh uh, it was you know we're so we're going along with shotgun start lots of teams and i said i'm gonna hold my number five player's hand for a couple holes just you know because i didn't trust him a lot and 18 he started on a par five and he hits downwind he hits it big driver eight iron and chips in for Eagle. 
and we go over to one and he bombs a drive and hits three hybrid to 15 feet and makes eagle. So he's four under after two holes with six par threes ahead of him. I mean, shit, he, he can't, he can't screw this up. So anyway, I go leave and I go to par three and I, my number one player comes up and uh, we're about 10 holes into the tournament. And I said, how you doing? J rod. He says, coach, I'm seven. I said, listen, don't worry about it. There's lots of par fives. You know, you make a birdie or eagle, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get it sub seventies. He says, skip. No, I'm seven under. <laughs> you beat shit up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So I, I, I take my pairing sheet out and I start writing the, 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 the winning speech. You know what I'm going to say when they give, give us the team trophy. You know, we're 10 holes into this turn a 54 old tournament of shit. I, I, I got my first W. Uh. So, uh, Anyway, we go on and shit the bed, but uh, <laughs> Jared won the, won the individual. But it was just, uh, it was great. And then I took them to Arizona for the Arizona Intercollegiate, knowing we were going to get whacked, just knowing. Yeah. But they had to know that experience, what D1, top level. Yeah. Pac-12. Pac-12, sponsored by Ping. Yeah. Boy, they got goodies back, and they said, Jesus, look at all this stuff. Yeah. I said, yeah, That's we di- get that every week. Yeah. A different than Laramie, was it? <laughs> <laughs> did, the weather yeah. ki- did the weather kick up? Is that why you guys shit yourself? <laughs> the, the wind, maybe? I mean, it blows 50 miles a fucking hour all the time there. <laughs> no, it, we, we caught it when it was pretty, pretty, pretty calm. So it was September. Um, and the following week, I got to tell you, we go to Air Force Academy, and I said, my God, what a place. And I've always had an affinity towards aviation. So I don't know, it's just, it's a wonderful place. But we played scared. And I that just upset me to no end. After the first round, we were on a tough golf course and we just played awful, but they were, they were scared. They were timid. They weren't aggressive. I got them in the van and man, my chili is hot. And I take the van and I take and run. I'm in the academy and I take the first left out of there. And I find myself in the middle of the Air Force Academy Cemetery. And I tell my kids, I want you to look around because you guys can't even play dead. <laughs> that's good. I got to oh. tell you, that's good. Did you, is that premeditated? Uh, no. It's uh, no. brilliant. And all of a sudden, three rainbirds come on and start dousing the freaking, the windows are down. I get hit with the sprinkler. I mean, it's just absolutely, two minutes later, we're all Dying of laughter, uh, and, the, and it just you know the rounds over, and we went to the uh, Colorado Rockies game that night. Love it, love yeah. it. All right, so you uh, you and Gino didn't get along, so we move on, and and um, I don't know if I missed anything between then and the, when you stumbled into a, a a little sports pub on the the west side of Boise. Um, is there anything I'm missing there mm. that's worth sharing? Not really, not really. 
All right, so let's do it. This is how we met, JJ. This dude walks in, and I'll let you take it from there. He's Wait, let me guess. He's wearing his khaki shorts, right? uh, khaki dockers. I think he might have just finished a round. Some loafers, maybe. And he probably had his sunglasses on, yeah. his prescription glasses. Yeah. And I think he kind of pulled them down, and he looked at our trivia question. Ah. Okay. And so I, I remember the, the trivia question. The first time yeah. I meet Steve Lipkin. Okay. And w- were you running radio ads at the time, Steve? Yeah. We, I think it, it depends when you came in. Like in 2002, 2003, when I first opened, I started radio yeah. ads, yes. Yes. It was, It was. I think, three. Okay. Yeah, I would have been running them. Okay. So I just got off the uh, spur wing. And uh, shoot, it's five o'clock. And I've heard these ads on the radio. So you're on my way. Stubbs is on my way home. So I go by. And, man, it's lively. And it's – it's. I've never been there before, but I've been there before. If you're a, if you're a yep. beer drinker all over this country. You know what I mean, Steve? Yeah, thank you, actually. that That's exactly what I wanted to create. So thank you. Yeah. So uh, – there's this, JJ, there's that damn trivia eraser board up there. Yep, in between the two and shitty I, TVs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at it, and I'm reading it, and this guy says, what's the answer? And he points right at me. And I said, uh, one of the Michigans. He says, that's not good enough. I said, Central Michigan. He says, I owe you a PBR. Uh, and his question was, where did Dan Marley go to college? Uh, he was a Chippewa. Well, yeah. And little did he know that back in my life, Dan Marley used to date the assistant gymnastics coach at Arizona State <laughs> when I was coaching at Arizona State. Love it. So he'd stop by my office. I'd hook him up with a glove or a dozen balls or whatever. And he was he was with the sons in, just a rook. But, um, yeah, so Dan and I, you know, putting lessons out in the hall, waiting for her to get off of a call or something. He so, was a good three-point shooter. I mean, he, that he, was, he could leap, too. Yeah. You know, he's coaching at Grand Canyon now. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, it's, and his sons, I guess, is a – a whale of a player. He's trying to build a pretty. I, I think they just entered D one, like in the one of those shooting right. conferences, like where New Mexico State Sun Belt or something like that. But or Horizon, but whatever. Yeah, Dan Marley, the Chippewas. Yeah, you got it. And as always, I was always angry to give out my free PBR uh, <laughs> because that means that somebody outsmarted the trivia board, and uh, <laughs> it was never good. Uh, <laughs> and then smartphones killed that. Uh, well, that well, remember we had that. Uh, it was almost like a TRS four eighty, whatever that shitty computer yeah. over on there where we'd settle. Oh, uh, Brill used to pull up porn every now and then on a thing. <laughs> he knows what computer we're talking about. Oh God! Oh, I, I lived on that. Thing. <laughs> so you walked in and um, you became a Stubbs regular, right? I mean, well, you, you and I hit it off right Hell, away. I was born in Santa Monica. Yeah. You're California you're kids. There. It was you got the Long Beach State hat on. Yep, you know Pacific, so we 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 were good. We were sports. I loved the idea of keeping your ticket stubs, and so it was just it was uh, a a good match early. 
I thought so too. And uh, and yeah, we had some fun there. Um, what did you like about? And not to not to stroke our ego, but we've we've asked other people this. You're the first customer that we've had um, outside of Mark, but we we don't count Mark. I don't know yeah. if you listen to his podcast. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, um, Stubbs, you said it felt like every other you know bar that you walked into. But what did you like about it? Well, I, I love the big O's. You know that 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 that, that made me think of the uh, the big schooners down in. Uh, Long Beach. Absolutely. Uh, I I thought the the food was incredible. That remember the bread? Yeah, local bakery oh, here. The best, on. right? Right. Oh, the village. Did we, hey, did we not make the best fucking sandwiches, Tom? Oh, they were just. And uh, to how, this day, how I still good put hominy in my chili. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> As long as you Fuck leave yeah. the cinnamon out of that shit. Dude, cool. the cinnamon and the fucking black olives, lay off that stuff. That chili <laughs> was the bomb. Yeah, it was. The chili was the bomb. I just, um, I just, you know, and I worked for you, Steve. You know, and I, I wanted to I get into that. I know, bro. Let's go there. So uh, oh. how did you end up a cook? He needed a gig. It was I time. know. It was no, another I chance. It. it was a time to do something else, yeah. right? Was this pre-limo yeah, just... driver or post-limo driver? It was uh, God. You really helped me out too. I I appreciate that. That's probably after my cancer, and I just oh, wasn't. Shit. I was kind of you know dragging around. I just gotten divorced. It was just a bad time. But that being at that place cheered me up. Until that dude would come in every night at ten forty five, close at eleven. Yeah, and he'd order a goddamn calzone. Yes. Oh, Jesus. How angry do you get? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I just remember how angry those little, you would those get. So fucking angry. Yeah. That you find at the on the freaking racks. Uh, yeah. yeah. You remember that dude? Uh, yeah. We, we, we and he never so have enough dudes. money and shit. I take him out of my. I'd pay for his stuff out of my tip jar. What was it dust? Oh, it's probably dust. I was gonna say it wasn't Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Dustin move or a Josh man his so, brother move. So, so that's a good segue though. Uh, I had written down. Um, we we took a trip once. Uh, myself, oh, yeah. you, uh, Spood, uh, may he, and of course I don't believe in any of this. Rest in peace, and uh, and Dustin man. Um, what are your memories of that trip, real quick? And uh, anything that that stands out. No, it was me, you, Schneider. Yes, yeah, Spood. Yeah, he's dead now. You know that. That's I did not I said. know that. I, did, I had to have told you that. Whoa, dude, that's like breaking news on the <laughs> podcast. That's <laughs> right. kind of fucked up. Yeah, no. You could have told me that three days ago, and I couldn't remember. That's fair. All right. Yeah. So it was me, you, man. Ed Schneider. Yeah. Schneider. And so we fly to BSU from uh, it's BSU it's Georgia. the opener BSU Georgia right the little the, the little between train, the hedges the yeah. little train that could right BSU there was Zabrinsky yeah it was they were going to prove that they could play with the big boys I think they came off maybe a, a one loss year yeah two we, we had a big year, year yeah right was, yeah or, or was golf? it the year right after it wasn't the year after Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma right there's no fucking way no no, years no. yeah that was it, was, it. it. it's five, it's like five years after that. yeah yeah that's right so. And, and we probably go there. after like beating TCU. But no, or one but, of those but Zabrinsky's still the quarterback. So yeah, maybe the next year's when we do the. Oklahoma. It had to be yeah. because Zabrinsky was the quarterback at Oklahoma. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. It had to have been within the year of it, that. It was either yeah. prior or post. I'm telling right. you. 
JJ, we fly into Atlanta and we we're making, I got it all planned. And we got a golf course between Atlanta and Athens. And we stopped there and it's, uh, God, we tee off about two o'clock. And the guy pro says, go off the back and there's nobody back there that you guys can get before dark, get 18 in. So God, I'll never forget this. Our little uh, beer cart girl says, last call, last (laughs) call. And she's a beautiful little Southern uh, belle named Summer. And so I said, guys, distract Summer and I'll get the beer. (laughs) Well, I took about 18 beers. (laughs) (laughs) We still bought 12 (laughs) and and tipped her heavily. It all washed out. Yeah. So, but her account was off that night, to (laughs) say the least. So while we're playing golf, there's a guy in his back, and I got Boise State shirt on. There's a guy in the back. He's about 70, having a martini with his Georgia flag. <laughs> and I, I got my uh, my uh, Boise State shirt on. I go over there. I said, how confident are you about your Bulldogs? He says, oh, my God, Boise State shirt. I said, by God, I'm the offensive coordinator. <laughs> He says, you are not. I said, yeah, this is how we roll in Boise. You know, we're going to beat you so bad, I'm out here playing golf. (laughs) Oh, my God. He looked at his wife and almost choked on his olive. (laughs) Oh, that was the best. So we got out of there, and we stayed at the golf coach's house of the women's team. Yep. And, uh, oh, my God, we went out after the game. I mean, JJ, we had five turnovers in the first but oh, back up, you, yeah. You, caught, you caught two bass on that. <laughs> yeah, same you got a course. travel rod. You traveled like. Let's just back up. You brought your little travel rod, and you caught two bass at two separate times on that back nine after we had had that conversation. Do you recall that? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I do. Do you also recall me winning? The skins because I that fucking made a putt. Huge. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 and they're all better golfers than yeah. I am. Uh, Spoon was probably in nah, the bag. Yeah. You know, he was in the bag. Yeah. Well, so was man, but yeah. they all hit the ball better than they I do. do. But I did win the par three uh, to get the skins on a carryover. Uh, it, it, it was a big day. Yeah, but uh, but him catching the fish as he as he pulls out of his bag a little small rod. <laughs> <laughs> that was one the of the collapse. I still yeah, have cl- it. Do you? It was it was yeah. one of the greatest. Do you still moments. use it? Oh, yeah. It's out at the club that I work at. Yes. Love it. Yeah, I remember yes. that. Okay, and we're staying at Coach Todd's house, right? Coach Todd. Coach M- Todd. McCorkle. Yep. Yep. And so it's 38-3 at half. And I said to the guys, I'm out of here. So I go find a tailgate out in the parking lot. And they go on their separate ways downtown. And, J.J., I think this is where the premise of the movie Hangover <laughs> got started <laughs> because the next morning uh schneider had was wearing flip-flops well Always. he had flip-flops where you turn it upside down you could open a beer yeah yep. yep oh god the reef, well he had reef. kicked the curb and split his toe open really bad but it didn't matter he jumped right into these beds with 1800 <laughs> oh yeah well this is yeah. after we called coach todd and i made i made Schneider make the this, call because he was the youngest. And I said, you call Coach Todd, bro. We need to be picked up. We don't, there's no lift. There's no Uber back there. Oh, yeah. This is Athens, Georgia. Yeah. This is after <clears throat> Tom, Tommy left. And at the same point, while we're bleeding, while Scott's bleeding, yeah. 
Dustin Mann ha- has, has left us. We we got away from him. He's somewhere else, and now he ends up in a hospital what? because he's in a taxi doing the Putin thing, and the taxi gets t <laughs> in the middle of the night. So we never found Dustin until the next morning. And Scott and I, yeah, Scott's bleeding like a stuck pig, right? Oh, my God. Like a stuck pig. And then we come home. and All the way what, to the mattress. Uh, yeah, oh, was this yeah. was this before you tried to punch a dog for eating the ricka cheese that you're eating, or <laughs> after you tried to punch that little dog? You guys are out of fucking control. <laughs> I, that's right. <laughs> is that when coach Coach Todd kind of said enough's enough? Right? Did he say that you're about to punch yeah. my little dog? Yeah. 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 That's it. Yep. Get out. Yep. So we wake up the next day, and and not to help you out, but it, <laughs> there's Dustin. With his his hospital wristband on because they had yeah. to, they had to admit him. He wore that thing for like a week or a oh, month yeah. well, afterwards at it. the bar. We framed it yeah. at the bar. Yeah, we framed it as, because he he. The, I mean, here he is. He's the only one doing the right thing, and he gets t boned, and he has to go to the hospital, which he shouldn't have had to. And then he had to take a cab again that they made him pay for after the uh. hospital, which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, we stayed at Coach Todd's, and I remember the next day. We go to play golf, right? We go to play golf at the Georgia. By the golf way, course, can I talk about where the, the Georgia Bulldogs play golf, right? So we get to play that course, right? For, I, we, for, we got nine I holes more in. fish there before that. the game. He, yeah, before the game, we actually got to play that. Nice. Before the game, we got to do that, yeah. which was pretty damn cool. And yeah, that Saturday night got away from us. And then uh, Sunday, <laughs> we go to and uh, forgive me few of you listening audience out there we might have made some mistakes as far as driving and um in situations that probably shouldn't have happened but i do recall us um driving back from athens and we went to the uh braves game yeah uh, yeah so we fit a lot in we went yeah. in, so we go to the Braves before game. our flight yeah nice before the flight that afternoon that's right because they had directs from yeah. boise to atlanta which Weird. i don't think they still do yeah but we took um so we got to hang out and we were fucking hammered like, yeah we picked up uh, popeye's chicken <laughs> And more beer on the drive. Oh, I, I think Coach Todd loaded us up with a cooler for it. Yeah, because they don't sell beer till oh. one o'clock. That's right. And, and he, like, he was. He, yeah, you guys knew that. Uh-huh. That's, that's good local knowledge. Yeah, you need that. And I remember there was one beer left, and Dustin pulls it out. He goes, "Well, there's only one beer left." He goes, "You know what? Steve should have it. He's driving." <laughs> <laughs> he earned it. Dustin, sorry. <laughs> That was one of the, my takeaways. That and Dustin puking in the rental car garage when in we the, dropped it off. He puked in the rental car in the garage in the trash can. And this is before we went to the baseball game. He was a, <laughs> he was a fucking mess, dude. Uh, and he was the youngest. Like, we buried his ass. Oh, right? dude. The thing is, is he was broke for a month when he got back. He was at Stubbs every night. Oh, dude. He ate and drank for like a month afterwards because he was so broke. We just had to keep. Whole, oh. He'd just disappear. He'd show up to eat and drink, and then he'd just be gone. Ugh. Oh, his his BAC at the Braves game had to be 3-3 three, three <laughs> to 3-5. I mean, yeah. it, it was just yeah, – he good. had a great time. What a yes. great weekend. It was a great weekend. It was great, yeah. Just a great weekend. I'll, I'll always great remember weekend. it. Um, okay. Hey, JJ. Yeah. I got to I gotta share a, a story. Yes. It's my favorite one with – your partner there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know why we were on that side of town, but we were up at uh, Overland and Eagle. 
and we were like, "Hey, let's go to this. Let's go to this bar right here and have a beer." So we go in at Harry's Bar in Boise, and uh, all of a sudden it's seven o'clock, and we're we're feeling no pain, and we're we're playing on the trivia the trivia game on the TV there, but we don't have those stupid gizmos. We're yeah. just throwing out answers, and you know. Just playing uh, trivia on the TV. And this 40-year-old gal walks in, attractive. And we start, you know, buying her drinks and this and that. And she says, boy, you guys are really into that trivia game. She said, whoever gets two out of the next three wins. So Steve and I said, okay. And the first one is a... you know, a golf question, I win. The next one is the, you know, the, the great Jewish uh, astronauts. <laughs> of course, you know, he won. And then there was Shakespeare, and then Lipkin won. Oh. She says, all right, Steve, you won. You two guys follow me. So we walk outside the bar, and we go down in this little strip mall, and she unlocks her salon. And she says... One of you is going to get a Brazilian, and the other one's going to pay for it. <laughs> Tommy, you got the wrong dude. I remember there. <laughs> I don't, either I was so hammered, I don't recall any of this. I, I've, never, I've never even stepped foot in Harry's. Are you sure it was me? No. <laughs> but why you gotta ruin a great story? Well, but I, I'm I like, I, I, I gotta be honest. I'm going through this. I'm like, yeah, but... Yeah, I would have won that trivia. That was the only part that made sense to me, but I, I've never been into Harry. <laughs> and I was either well, so shit-faced. I, like, I, I might have been that shit-faced drunk. I do not know. But, <laughs> like, hey, so this could have happened. I was, because I got the Brazilian. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't recall this. Uh, God oh. damn it. I'm sorry to ruin that story, uh, <laughs> but I, I was not present. <laughs> now, we have had some other stories, driving to Salt Lake, you know. Oh, well, that doesn't, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but no, I didn't I didn't do that. Well, then I, I, uh, I guess I'll get a text tonight from. You will. One of your other buddies is yeah. going to go, hey, what the fuck, hey, bro? Hey, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why, why so can we wrap like why'd you leave Boise because it was sort of sudden in my eyes like I've, you you were a staple in my life for the whole time that I worked at Stubbs you were fucking there man and then well I was there yeah I was there uh, 1997 to 2010 yeah and it just it had just run its course yeah and a guy that I had helped in 2007 get back on his feet over at Abandoned dunes. I went over there and caddied for two months. This is after my police career. And um, wait, wait, stop, stop. Anything to add about being an airport cop? <laughs> you did I fuck. Oh, was, tell the was... story about fucking with my old man, dude. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so my old man, who uh, you may or may not recall, I'm not real tight with. Yeah. But so the old man flies in first time. I haven't seen him in a couple years, of years right? And Tommy's an airport cop, uh, and I see my old man standing over there waiting for me to pick him up. So Tom's over there walking his beat, and I say, hey, coach, go go fuck with that old guy, right? <laughs> go roust him a little bit. So, so what did you say to him? I just said, I need to ch- I need to check your ID, sir. There's uh, We've had some people that come in from California. 
people that travel to the far east they like to bring opium in here i just uh you you fit the description of uh one of these horses that keep coming and i can't i can't keep it straight no uh, and, and they, i i'm a, i'm a hundred feet away yeah. in the car just laughing my ass off <laughs> <laughs> it was uh it, it was pretty it was yeah, it was that was probably the best job I ever had. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I just thoroughly. I mean, you know, meeting Harmon Killebrew and then eventually bringing him out and playing golf with you. Oh, dude, that's one of the only things I I still say from Stubbs. I have the framed signature of uh, him saying HOF eighty four Harmon Killebrew. We talked yes. about it on a previous broadcast. Like that. That to me is like one of the greatest 18 holes I played just because I got to talk his ear off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it took you till the seventh tee. Well, I was nervous as shit, bro. <laughs> I didn't want to ask him. Like, there's you so many Phil things. I, I was so, yeah. Uncle Phil, there's so many yeah. things I wanted to ask him. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, I, and it took a while to get the courage up to like, okay, let's do this. And it's like, yeah. really ask about Rod Creek guys. You neither one of you guys know mm-hmm. about, but yeah. Uh, good shit. Yeah. So you were an airport I was cop. Talking yeah. about him the other night on if when, if he were to play, if he were to play in Houston. Oh, how many home runs? Twelve <laughs> hundred. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, with that short porch, <laughs> everything he hit was a moonshot, right? <laughs> the killer, yeah. the killer hit everything. Well, you know, it'd be like three fifteen, yeah. <laughs> three thirty, right? But all moonshots. Yeah, yeah, love it. And he hit a golf oh. ball. The old man could hit a golf ball. When I we bet. Played. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was always, uh, it was, you know, and I met the, um, the, the offensive lineman from Idaho that just went into the hall of fame. Um, Jerry Kramer. Yes. God, what an angel of a guy. And, um, it just, a, a lot of those, you know, busting Ted Nugent's balls was awesome. Uh, it was just, uh, crazy. It Ted Nugent. I mean, he's not crazy, but yeah, I mean, he's yeah. crazy. Can we get a Ted Nugent story if you have one, please? I mean, no, you don't have a Ted Nugent story, but your best story was was it Ron White. Who'd you fucking lemo around here and, and partner with? Oh yeah, Ron White. Um, in fact, he was he played my golf course here about a year and a half ago, and I went up to him on the practice putting green. And I said, Ron, I, you're not going to remember, but I was your chauffeur in Boise, and you kept thinking you were in Salt Lake City. And this, and he says, no, those are my drinking days. I don't remember any of that. I said, okay, whatever. That was, but that was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, being a chauffeur was was awesome. It was just uh, Boise special. Very, very special. You know, just, uh, it is, right? I mean, it, 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 I, I'm a transplant. You were a transplant. We were California kids. And, and California is still the greatest state. I mean, there's no doubt yeah. about that. It's just, it's expensive sort of. and crowded. No, I mean, <laughs> if you ever lived there, you'd understand. Expensive I mean, and crowded. If you lived in Santa Barbara yeah. or Pismo Beach where I grew up, San Luis, you, you wouldn't come back. Yeah. I mean, just like my kid's not coming back from San yeah. Diego. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, those are greater, but you're right. They're crowded and expensive and all the other things. But Boise, as far as um, a city, is incredible, right? It offered it offered me an opportunity to to grow um, as a as a person, as a family, you know, all those kind of things. And yeah, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't trade Boise in for anything. 
I flew in on my interview on a Thursday afternoon and Mike Young took me, my interview was Friday morning, but Thursday, he took me to that Alive After Five downtown. That was my first moment in Boise. And then when you're with the legend Mike Young, I mean, you know, I got home about two o'clock. So that's enough said, but I still got the job. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay. What do we got there? Jay, I gave you the cheat sheet. Well, he was getting ready to tell us about Bandon dunes. Oh yeah. And his caveat. Uh, yeah. And that's a good lead in to him getting down to South Carolina. Yeah. So Bandon North dunes. Carolina. <laughs> so, no, yeah. North Carolina. But I thought you, I thought your fucking course was in South Carolina. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> all this time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, all right, I'll pay better. No, I just I was abandoned two months. I, this was after I left the police force in '06. In April and May of '07, I wanted to decop myself. I didn't like the person I was turning into, so I went over to abandoned and worked two months. But I'm it sorry. was so I got, windy. I got it. Interrupt. Just wasn't enjoyable. I got to interrupt. Talk to me about decopping. Oh, God. I, I, I was uh, surly and aggressive and uh, very defensive. My, my skin got thin. You know, it's just I loved the job, but I didn't like the person it was turning me into. Interesting. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right. Um, Bandon Dunes, yeah, windy, cold, miserable. It's fucking, yeah, I got, fuck yeah. that shit. The, the, the I got out of there. Every day. Back. How do people do it? Yeah, I don't. I mean, there, there's nothing else there to do, so you better go tee it up because you're you're spending all the money to stay in those rooms. Yeah, it's just so, cold, cold. So. Oh, it's it's just miserable. But it, when it's not, it's the most beautiful place. <laughs> That's, in the true. Country. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Seattle's the most spectacular city, uh, probably in the United States, minus San Francisco, when it's sunny and yeah. nice. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so happy to put that in your rear view. In in '08, uh, you know, I, I get cancer, and I I uh, God, and I remember, I, I I the guys welcomed me back to a little golf outing out at Warm Springs, and I had testicular cancer, and. Um, I key it up on the first hole and I'm ready to take it back. And Singer goes, whoa, 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 hey, T-Bone, hold on a second. You're, you're hitting three. I said, what? No, it's my first shot of the day. He goes, yeah, but you lost the ball. <laughs> I love that joke. I'm going to oh, try to set that joke up for you, but you went there. With, said, Thank you. Oh, shit, I started crying. That's uh, the funniest fucking joke I mean, I've ever heard. Like 12 guys on that tee. It was freaking awesome. Uh, so that's, it was. Um, so you're always starting with a three on, on number one now, right? And, <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, um, you know, I get through that and quickly I catch a break in my life where the Georgia golf coach, Chris Hack, calls me and says, would you go to Salt Lake City and caddy for this former player of mine? He's fresh out of college. He's an All-American. He's the best Thursday-Friday player on the nationwide tour, <laughs> but he shits the bed on the weekends. 
So I said, sure. So I go to Salt Lake City. I meet this young man, and we talk for 45 minutes, and we don't even talk about golf. It was He was very mature, and, and uh, so I, I thought I was perfect. He was 23. You know, I'm – shoot, I'm 50. So – we go to work and we're out there. And I said, have you ever played at altitude like this? And he said, no, not like this. And I said, I'll tell you what, every yardage I give you will be Athens, Georgia yardages. And he looks at me like, mm, you're crazy. <laughs> I said, I know. I know I am. Just work with me. Just, just, just listen for a little yeah. bit, kid. Just, yeah, just work with me. I'm not going to get it 100% right. So we start Thursday afternoon, Thursday afternoon wave off the one and he gets it around this par five and two, and he chips it in for eagle. And the next hole's a par three, and he hits the flag stick on a fly with a six iron. Makes birdie. And he birdies three, he birdies four, he birdies five. And the longest putt he has is five feet. And he looks at me and goes, dude, keep this up. <laughs> well, we did. We won by six shots. We shot 22 under, tournament record. What? And that was yeah. Brendan Todd's yeah. first professional win. Yeah, has dude won since? Yeah, he won the uh, Byron Nelson one year, but he can't break 78 today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you don't have to go into it. But what, why? Why? Was his ego too big to, to not bring you along? Like, I mean, I, I, I've never understood that move. <clears throat> you know, I don't either. We came to Boise. We shoot four more rounds under par, finish 13th, and now he's certainly secured his PGA card for 2009. We go to Eugene. We shoot under par on Thursday, nine rounds in a row under par. Not par, under par. Yeah. And he uh, – we hit a wedge fat into the lake on our second hole, and we don't recover. We miss the cut, but he just – said, Coach, I'm going to go in a different direction. And that was the explanation. Yeah, not good enough for me, but I get it. You know. Yeah, he's 23. No, 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 I get it. Immaturity and trying to figure it out. But it, 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 it has not benefited him necessarily. You know, and I'm not saying you would have taken him to any other high. It's up to the individual golfer. Yeah. You know, but uh, I don't know. It just always seemed like a weird move. It was. It was. Uh, I thought that was, was your calling, dude. I always told you that. I always thought What's that? I always thought just just latching onto the right bag that being a pro caddy was perfect for you. Well, had you know, had I had one mulligan in my life, I would have uh, followed Phil out of college. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he met Bones in the damn parking lot. Yeah, the, and the Bones same guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, I would have, I would have, uh, had I been using my head, I would have said, "Wait a minute." Yeah, but again, we all do our thing. And, yeah, and no regrets, right? You, you got to where you've gotten, and, and th that's a good segue. So now you're back, kind of full circle. You are caddying down in obviously not South Carolina, JJ. He's yeah. in North North Carolina, Carolina yeah. this time. Yeah, yeah. Working for a fancy yeah. schmancy course. Who's uh, if if you're allowed to name names, the the biggest name that our seven or eight people listening will know. At my club? Yep. Um, that you've caddied for directly. 
Well, they're not members. No, I know. I know. Um, Jim Ursay. Owner of the Colts, in, yeah. In, incredible, incredible loop. Incredible story about his life that nobody else knows. You know, uh, as a caddy, you get stuff that nobody else knows about people. And um, more as a limo driver or a caddy? Limo drivers is caddy. It's more about your ears. Limo driver is more about your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Give me your best story that you saw. (laughs) Craziest shit you saw in the back of a limo. (laughs) Well, no, I was I was driving Ron White and uh, we get done. And we go to one of those, uh, like, Los Betos. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it was the only thing that was open. Yeah, Tejano Burritos, bro. Oh, my God. And, and, and we're, we're with the, uh, we're with the uh, opening act. So there's just the three of us in the, in the Lincoln. And so we go to Los Betos. And he must order for eight. Well, shh. Sh- I take all the leftover food, and I do my Mookie bets with the homeless of Boise. Love it. You know, and uh, so we're driving home, and it's one forty-five. He's at Hotel Forty Three, and I'm driving, and he says, "Hey, Coach, what's what's the uh, Torch Lounge?" <laughs> and I said, "Ron, that's our version of our that's our <laughs> that's Boise's Titty Bar." <laughs> well, by God, turn this limo around. And to walk into the Torch Lounge 10 minutes before 2 o'clock with Ron White was pretty freaking funny. Uh, you never saw mouth go wide open. Well, hell, he held court there for 45 minutes. And uh, it was just, it was awesome. Nice. It was awesome. Nice. And, um, but... Uh, did you turn, it, did you turn into saw, security when, when the, like, did you have to be limo driver and security when you guys walked in? <laughs> I, I, uh, I was security once for a businessman from Phoenix and we went to the Spearmint Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Another version of a titty bar. Yeah. So, and he said, uh, don't let anybody interrupt me. And I, I just kind of went back into my old police days, and uh, you know, so that was that was good. I had uh, I had the pleasure of going with uh, Larry the Cable Guy, and I'm picking him up at 2 a.m. on the private side of the airport, and my paper says Dan Whitney. I don't know who the hell Dan Whitney is, but this little jet comes down the. You know, little stairs and this guy, and it's it's Larry the Cable Guy in in costume. He just just did uh, Arizona State, flew in. So a remarkable guy, very nice. So I take him to his hotel, and um, take him to the show the next day, and he says to me, "Make yourself at home. I'll be back in about forty five minutes." So the first act's going on, and this big, uh, the guy that runs the the promoter of the show walks in, big burly guy. He says, "Where the fuck's Larry?" 
And I said, uh, well, uh, I don't know, but he, he'll be back here in about a half an hour. <laughs> you tell him I'm looking for him. I said, yes, sir. So Larry walks in a half an hour early, and uh, this guy comes back. Where the fuck have you been? You know you have to do that make-a-wish thing with those kids. It's amazing. Kids want to meet Larry, the cable guy, before they die in every city he goes to. He's got a room full of these kids that want to make a wish to see Larry the Cable Guy. And I was dumbfounded. Yeah, me too. But, yeah. And he says, uh, he says, I just took care of it. That's where I've been for the last 45 minutes was meeting and greeting the kids. And you know what? None of their wishes came true. And this big guy goes, what the fuck are you talking about? He says, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest line of the night and i heard it right just right there i had i choked on a chicken bone for five minutes what? oh my god it was just little things like that that it's just been really fun in my life that's really cool i love it yeah yeah just awesome all right is it question time yeah all right let's do this uh i've got a new one that okay. i wanted to add yeah, right do it so as you were growing up uh jj I were having this conversation. I don't think youthful Austin's ever had to partake in this, but did you ever have a, uh, well, um, a frozen, frozen TV dinner, frozen TV dinner by banquet. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite one? Meatloaf. Okay. Did you like the or Salisbury steak? Salisbury yeah, steak's yeah, what yeah. we were talking about. So, dude, was it always frozen in the fucking middle, and then the apple cobbler was lava? <laughs> <laughs> right, and you couldn't wait to get to the apple cobbler, but you had to work your way through the frozen veggies and the frozen no. center of the Salisbury steak, no. right? No, they they were out of the oven, so they were prepared. There was oh. no microwave then. No, yeah. I know, they were but even then, perfectly. No, they weren't, dude. I grew up in <laughs> oven times too, and I'm telling oh. you, that apple cobbler was lava, lava. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The I roof of your it. mouth was just sandpaper after you ate that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So then the next the next question we ask our guests are: uh, Did you ever cheat? at board games like growing up childhood playing family games and if so what games did you cheat at well i never and to this day understood what a mortgage was <laughs> so I, I i got them coming and going i got paid both ways yeah yeah you know yeah so i, I probably did that uh if i didn't like a community chess card you know, then I'd cup it, you know, or, <laughs> or I'd, I know, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cheat against my dad. Cause then I'd, he'd backhand me, yeah. but other, no, I don't, I never did do that. Except to get your siblings. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. Yeah. Winning was always important. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Of course. And what was your favorite toy as a kid? Oh, gosh. It was uh, Lincoln Logs or the Erector set. Yeah. God damn, I love my Lincoln Logs. Yeah. Love those oh. things, dude. But and... then I'd combine the two of them and just, you know, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it wasn't right. Legos? It wasn't right. Did you play Legos? And I had Matchbox cars. Oh, yeah, I had a lot of Matchbox. My mom still has. Nice. Those, those, those uh, ramps and those, we had, 
miles of track, track or, but yeah. you never we had never had enough connectors yeah right yeah you always were looking for fucking connectors otherwise you're duct taping shit, yeah right? you ever, if you you know you get it when yeah. you start gut we yeah. did it we yeah. duct taped our stuff yeah. uh, i'll admit it yeah uh, be like driving in sand yeah. yeah it was it was but you did what you had to do because you didn't have enough connectors and when you asked mom for more connectors she kind of kind of <laughs> laughed at you <laughs> well that's my experience um yeah. all right what else is oh uh i like the concert question too so what is the greatest concert you've been to it had to be day on the green oh bill graham presents yeah, day on the dude. green five bands you know and they, they'd start at 11 and go till six and it was this is Oakland. sammy hager opened. Oh. yeah i was gonna say i don't pe- people that don't no day on the green. That's an Oakland event that took place for a while. Sammy Hagar, though, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, where, yeah, in the in the stadium, JJ, where the A's and and Raiders play. Yeah, the Coliseum. Been yeah, there now. There'd be there'd be sixty thousand people in this place. Yeah, JJ and, just went uh, there for the first time to see how ghetto it really is yeah. up close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had uh, God. I remember they had. We drank all the way there, and then. Um, I, I I was such a Sammy Hager fan, but the next two bands didn't interest me. It was Mahogany Rush and Jeff Beck. So I took a nap for a couple hours. No <laughs> <laughs> blame in taking a nap. Like no shame. And then I woke up for freaking Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, BOC. And then it ended with Jay Giles. So huh. we're, we want to get a oh god, it was awesome. And I just wanted to get a beat. So I. We had six guys in my dad's Cadillacs. I said, let's go, guys. We'll beat the traffic. So we're walking down, Steve. You know, we're walking down the, the ramp. Yep. Because we're up in the upper deck taking it all in. And we're walking. these. And uh, Peter Wolf says, all right, for our encore, we want to bring out a special guest. Please welcome uh Peter Frampton. Oh, and so we had to run. I mean, this is, you know, dude, this is 75, 76. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was on. So we ran back and watched two songs and, and that was awesome. I love That's it. So cool. I saw, I saw Peter Frampton play guitar for David Bowie on his tour in 1984. Wow. For, front row at Anaheim stadium, Sandy and I. That's a great, That'd be awesome, right? Yeah, Peter Frampton playing guitar for Bowie. It was pretty fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, that had to be that was that's different. That, that was... I've had the opportunity of singing on the golf course with a couple artists you guys may know, and uh, we had a wait in Las Vegas. Tim Singer had me there for a tournament, and the guy behind me it was a big backup on a par three, and I went up to this gentleman and I said, "Would you sing a song with me?" And he said, I certainly will. You start. And it was Alice Cooper, and we sang No More Mr. Nice Guy. And by the no. time we got done, there was like four foursomes there listening and clapping and stuff. It was, he was so, he knew me a little bit from Arizona State days, but that was awesome. And then going way back in the day, when I was at Ennisbrook, Mike Schmidt, yeah. the third baseman Michael from the Jack Phillies, Schmidt. they yes. trained in Clearwater. My so Mike Kruko had to leave time. at nine holes. I was just getting off, and Schmitty says, Tom, would you join us on the back? I said, certainly. So I go get my clubs. I put them on this cart. 
And I said, by the way, Mike, who's the little guy I'm running that I'm, I'm going to roll with in the back nine. He says, well, you like music? I said, sure. He says, that's Dennis DeYoung from Styx. So me and Dennis play Ed Farmer and Mike Schmidt on the back nine. On 11, par five, I kill a drive, hit three wood on the green and make a 50-footer for Eagle. And Dennis Young runs across the green. And I'm like Don Larson and he's Yogi Berra. I mean, we are going ape shit. We're, we kill him. The bet's over as we're driving down 18. Sun's going down. I said, Dennis, would you sing Babe with me as we're driving? <laughs> he says, sure, you start. <laughs> I mean, God almighty, you talk about tears. Uh, <laughs> oh, love it. Uh, it was awesome. We're, we're almost out of time, but I, I forgot yep. about one of one of your best foursomes and that um, because it's baseball season, there was two things I wanted to cover so we can cover them both real quick. Uh, did you or did you not play golf with Smoltzy, Maddox and uh, God, who was the lefty back in that day? Glenn. I'm looking at the scorecard no, no, right now. Glenn. It's oh, above looking... my TV. OK, so who was it? And it's Steve Avery, Avery, Tommy Glavin. And John Schmoltz. Okay. That's pretty and, good for us. Uh, yeah, I was staying. Actually, I was in the soda pop business. I was in San Diego. I was staying at the Mickelson house with Mr. and Mrs. Mickelson and Tim Mickelson and Tina. Phil was on, was uh, playing in the, you know, somewhere amateur or maybe pro. And uh, Tina says, coach, you want to come play my golf course today? And I'm having breakfast. And I said, well, I didn't bring my clubs. And I really should work. She goes, well, you use Tim's clubs. Well, I don't have any shoes. Well, you use Tim's shoes. I said, what time should I be there? <laughs> she <laughs> said, nine o'clock. I said, I go and I get there if I steal Canyon Golf Course. And she says, okay, put your shoes. Get on up there. The, the ranger's going to take you to the first tee. It's about 400 yards away. So away we go. And we get up there, and he puts my clubs on the cart, and I look at the guy's bag tag. Now, I haven't looked at these guys yet, right? I just look at the bag tag. John Schmoltz. <laughs> well, now I look up. I said, hey, guys, what's up? He says, hey, how are you? Good. You want to get in the game? I said, sure. <laughs> so I kill drive down the middle, hit wedge to eight feet and make it for birdie, and Schmoltz looks at me and says, you're out of the bet. <laughs> this, this happens way too often to us <laughs> so when i look at the scorecard here schmoltz played glavin's and avery's best ball and after nine holes schmoltz who's like a two handicap right. and the other two guys are like tens and twelves you know he's got them five down and i'm saying this really isn't fair so I give Avery a little tip on the 10th tee. And I'm looking at the scorecard now. He shot 44 on the front. He makes the turn. I make a little grip adjustment and close up his shoulders. He shoots 36 on the back. Jesus. And I, you ought to see all the presses on the scorecard, John Schmoltz. And they're playing for 250 a scratch. Oh. Hell, he had to lose uh eight uh, two grand 
<laughs> and Schmaltz was pissed it's... off at me. <laughs> How could you do that? How could you do that to me, Tom? <laughs> I said, I'm a, you know, I'm a coach. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do. And Avery was awesome. Love it. And yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and I do want to finish. Uh, you're a huge baseball fan, as we discussed, and we're about to have game three here shortly. Um, I find the umpiring atrocious, and I know you were an umpire. Um, I talked to my friend, and I don't know if you met Chad. He was also on a previous podcast, and we were talking about, and I, I have made the statement that I could go out after two weeks of just sharpening my eye and do better than Angel Hernandez right now um, or Joe West. How do you feel about that? You, you, you and I care. We love the game. I, I just don't know if Angel Hernandez has ever thrown a baseball, right? Other than back to the pitcher. Um, it's not a hard they, job, Tom. No, that's my contention. It, it's not hard. It, it really isn't. You stay in control. You call balls and strikes. You might you, you might miss one here and there, but of you're course not, you are. But but of course you are. If you're fair about it and you're good about it. It's not a what hard the, fucking gig. What what the what the NFL did to that umpire that screwed up that call with the Chargers game? I love it. They had to do that. They they you know they had to do that in baseball. At least set them down for a month with no pay. Then they might then they might care. Right. But I just don't. I see guys with their hands in their pockets and and uh, it, it's just. I don't know. It's just a little different. Right? But uh, but these are old school guys. I'm talking about the Joe Wests of the world that lazily run out to right field and make the call and stand by it when video completely doesn't back that up. I, I, it's, it's, I think there should be a mandatory retirement, too. Yeah. I mean, Computerize. Or digitize everything. Just watch one tennis match. Just, it's so easy. Right? Tommy, you, are you cool with having the robo ump behind the plate? Because I think I am now. Oh, totally am. Yeah, right? totally am. Hundred percent. And baseball is leaving money on the table by not doing that. It's silly. I'm totally with it. And with video replay, I mean, do you need do you need fucking people standing in the middle of the field interfering with the play occasionally? Yeah. I, I, yeah, you don't. Wanna, yeah, you, you don't I know want it's to tough. Keep a little tr- bit of that. We're traditionalists, right? I, it's hard. I, 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 I'm having a tough time. Like, like you, you're pulling the umpires off, and that's really weird. Uh, but I, the the balls and strikes have to be automated. Yeah, they absolutely have to be automated. Yeah, balls and strikes are arbitrary now. And yeah, that, that can't be. It's it's black and white. Yeah, you know, that's not you fair control. to the hitter. It's just not fair. I mean, no. it's hard enough to hit a 96-mile-an-hour fucking fastball, but exactly. if it's five inches outside the zone, you're never going to hit it. No. And Ever. If you, and if you give them the outside and the inside, then that's why you have 21 strikeouts in a baseball game. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's impossible. I agree. I agree. Um, hey, dude, Thank you've been you. awesome. Yeah. It, 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 did you have fun? Was this good for you? I haven't slept in three nights. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I got, I got so many notes here that it's just. It doesn't uh, have to be the last one. It won't. 
right? God. You got more stories oh to share. I know you do. Um, but the, I just wanted to make feedback sh- from the people on my Facebook has just been tremendous. Well, don't a, sh- a shout out to them. Yeah. Real quick. We're uh, so excited. If you to like this podcast, yeah. um, thank you. Uh, listen, coach has been comment. Great. Listen to some of the older ones. You might yeah. like those as well. I did. I, I love subscribe. It. Oh, did you? You listen to some? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I want you and, and your friends. Miller, Miller Time. Yes. <laughs> Miller Time was a, yeah, dude, that was crazy uh, yeah. being in that environment. Um, that was I a shitty podcast. I know you did. I barely yeah. remember. It was a long <laughs> night. Uh, but, yeah, that was fun time being it's in like, that environment. It was like our time at Harry's. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Great callback. I wonder who the hell that yeah, was. You better because it wasn't me. All right, let's end it on that. Uh, Youthful Austin, JJ, Tom, thanks so much, man. Peace out, coach. Peace out. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.